0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mean Age Daydream. I am Brian McWilliams, and I am really basking in the glory of the fire, the warmth of the fire that is Robbie the Fire Bernstein, who's joining me today. Hey, Robbie.
1: What's up, man? I feel like every time I come back to the studio, it's like just different. But however the lighting is right now, I feel like this is what I need in my life. I feel like I got a good glow. However, this is yeah. I like I should maybe just stay permanently seated like this and just line up as many podcasts as I can, like one of those old games where they like put a hand on a car type
0: thing. Oh, totally. You should yeah. you should cut a hole in the bottom of your chair. I just noticing. I, I I was meaning to ask you. You've got a very fancy gamer chair now. Are you are you like Twitch streaming now? Are you so, no. are, are you Louis is- J Gomezing it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the answer is every time we do a. Uh, I prefer to. Uh, I, I stand front of your mouth, and every time we do a part of the problem, I go. I desperately need another chair, and I bought this chair a while ago because uh, I didn't have any furniture in my apartment, and you just I slept
0: was, like, in it, ate in it. Fucked I was like, I,
1: I I was like, I heard that these are good if you're actually a lazy fat fuck and you want to spend time, you know, sitting in a chair for a while. It came recommended. It was all of two hundred bucks, and let me tell you, oh
0: wow,
2: well.
1: this chair hurts everything. It's a terrible <laughs> chair. If I spend too much time sitting at it, my neck hurts. Everything hurts, and then literally every time we do a part of the problem, I'm like, I look like a fucking dumbass. I have to at least get a normal chair for part of the problem, and then uh, I was actually surprised somebody memed me the other day. Uh, oh, nice. where they took me and someone else and they're like, word to the wise, never take advice from a podcaster that doesn't have a woman in his life to tell them that this
0: doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's, do you ever watch this show called adventure time? Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. this. I mean, not, okay.
1: not recently, but yes, I've, yeah, a while I back, college, I, it was perfect procrastination. Cause it was always, like the episodes were 10 minutes. So I go, oh, I'll right. just watch one. And then I'd watch a whole season and be like, I'm in child. This is. For children, it's
0: it's a great show. But there's a character there. I think his name's like Daniel or Nathaniel or something. Who was like the Rainbow Wizard, and he okay. had this this perfect quaffed hair, which looks exactly like your seat behind your bald yeah. head. It looks I exactly think, like the hair of the little Rainbow Gay Wizard on <laughs> Adventure Time. I think
1: someone pointed out that it almost looks like Dark Helmet.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you yeah. get your space balls in for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's not bad. <laughs> By the way, when I saw that meme, my first reaction, like someone like sent it to me, and I was like ah shit, that's funny and true. So I can't get mad about it. <laughs> but then there was the other part of me. I was like, fuck you, you New York city comic going after another, like go find some other fucking podcaster sitting in a gamer chair. But I'm like, <laughs> but he's so right. And I keep ignoring it. And there is no lady in my house to tell me that's not good. <laughs> doesn't look good. So he's got uh. me.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, and, and you're not, not to take is, advice
1: from me either. I'll take the, I, I I'll take his side on that one as well.
0: <laughs> of course. Well, and you're not, and it's not like you're going to go out legitimately and get another chair. Like that one sucks, but it's yeah. functionally still going to work. And as a man, yes. we're just like fuck it. I'm using it. And I bought it. I'm going to use yeah. it until it breaks my spine or it's it a collapses. Chair
1: and I can technically sit in it although right. i've had more than once where i've had a lazy day and spent too much time in it and then mm. had a problem like well <laughs> either, like i like i i am like conscientious not to spend too much time sitting in this chair i don't know why it's so poorly designed but if I, like if i spend four hours five hours on this thing watching tv or whatever it's either my neck or back it's like a seesaw it's one or the other and it's a problem
0: so do you not own a couch
1: oh wow i just knocked that over too <laughs> Wait, I didn't,
0: I didn't, are you and, and i'm I now, now i get to the see roof. the top yeah, I get to see the beautiful uh, uh the beautiful uh, roof at Robbie's house.
1: Yeah, a gap in the soundproofing.
0: Um, yeah. It's all coming together on this pod. There's
1: uh there's a couch right here and this is the garbage that's uh currently being stored on it. The other roof nice. that you
0: just saw. I, I love out. it. I love that you've really you've really made your house somewhere where women's screams cannot be heard. <laughs> so that's impressive. That's good thinking ahead.
1: You know, when I was first building the studio, the joke I was making was I was trying to make it um, rape proof and not that I would rape, but that would be the benchmark of <laughs> that. I can scream racist thoughts without the neighbors hearing it. And I was shocked because right. there's another, uh, run your mouth podcast and it's a very different show with a very different personality talking about very different <laughs> topics. And there was a lady from Florida who was into running, who came across my podcast and and actually came across that as being the first episode and thought it was hilarious, which I was like... Ah, nice. I was like, oh, this is a sign that not everything's... Out, like, that there's more of a market for what I'm doing because yeah. if there was one thing I didn't think one random uh, lady into running would discover, or maybe that late that particular lady had some uh, weird fantasies that she was trying to tell me about, and I blew her off. <laughs>
0: Deep degenerative mental disorder. Yeah. Uh, I always thought, like, the Run Your Mouth name would also attract a lot of... Um, like very uh, patriarchal Italian men that are just looking for other ways to tell their women to stop talking. So they find podcasts like yours, just like, Sheila, stop running your mouth. (laughs) Also good. Maybe you should incorporate a little bit more, uh, you know, how to slap your wife around in the show.
1: I can make that a segment. I'm okay with that. Yeah.
0: So I look around like, I knew as soon as I started this podcast, because in my new setup here, I'm in the temporary house. My daughter's bedroom is like right back there, and I know she's going to open the fucking door and interrupt us. At some point, it's going to happen. She'll learn about anyway.
1: how to get hit by her husband. So that's right. That's actually well, this is my daughter. Yeah. She mean,
0: could that... then
1: relay to her future spouse <laughs> to be like, this is how you're supposed
0: to keep me in line. Uh, yeah. I heard this from my father. My father knows. He knew how to hit me just right where it didn't leave a mark. No, uh, no, it was no, a, it, we cue. call it a, a four literally, hour bruise. Literally
1: on cue, your daughter's <laughs> oh, God. literally on cue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's show the people what they want to see. <laughs> Eddie, daddy's the, daddy's in this podcast. Okay, got to go down with mommy, okay?
2: Mama, don't I need to- a <laughs>
0: pod Okay, she's downstairs, okay? Bye. Love you. Daddy's working, honey. In quotes. She's she's 100%. By the way, my daughter also only takes dumps in my bathroom now, Smart. which is great. So she may be, are you taking a Excellent. She's taking a dump with the door open during this podcast, Robbie. So. I
1: wish I didn't know
0: that. <laughs> how's, how's everybody else's day going?
1: We could just take a break or, you know. Shoot
0: nope. From a different angle. We're powering through, man. This podcast, don't stop. We're powering through. Okay. My daughter taking a poop with the door open as we're doing this. So, okay. first topic. Well, first thing, we got to tell people, come on out. Obviously, uh, this yeah. is going to air Wednesday, but they still have time to get tickets to come for the comedy show. Oh, yeah, I know, but I can't I can't talk to her now. I'm, on a, I'm doing a podcast.
1: You've made me thoroughly uncomfortable. Do you want to just take a break? I'm okay she's with the not... break. I all know right, let all me pause. Hard, hard out, but I will let make an pause. exception. You can take all the all time right. you need to dad <laughs> so that <laughs> I don't need to be looped in on this process.
0: All right, hold on. She told me explicitly she's not taking a dump. All right, let me pause. Let me pause. The rec- all right, there we go. Recording resumed. The child going to the bathroom situation has resolved itself. So, yes, people can come out. Uh,
1: Acceptable fashion.
0: Yeah. Look, more podcasters need to incorporate their families and show that there's a softer side to a Brian McWilliams or a Robbie. You should have little children coming in during your podcast. People will be very confused as to where they're coming from. You could have an Oliver Twist situation going on, a little army of pickpockets that come in, take dumps during the podcast live. Then you're bringing in the whole NAMBLA crowd. And now we're part of the LGBTQ trans pedophile flag. And now those people can't come after us.
1: That all makes sense. But uh, I keep my kids in cages while I'm broadcasting.
0: I know my wife really took a stand on that. She took a hard stand about a year ago.
1: There they were selling them right. uh, from, there was a border yard sale for cheap when they were uh, selling parts from the border wall. So to <laughs> top of the line cages for uh, keeping kids in because that's what they were designed for. Um, and uh, helps make sure that I don't have dumping kids in the background while I'm trying to broadcast. <laughs>
0: right, but then they're probably just shitting on the floor of the cages. Do you put newspaper down or do you yeah, use wood the, chips? You know, the, the
1: cages were built for that. It maintains the smells. And so it's not it's not a concern of mine. They nice. learn not to do it because otherwise they have to deal with it.
0: Right. they go in the corner and, and like a cat, you kick over the stuff to cover up the shit. I get it. Yeah. That's smart. Smart parenting. Mm-hmm. Well, getting into some real topics here. Okay. So I was at, oddly enough, in the shower earlier, in the same bathroom, my child just took a, a pee in and listening to part of the problem, which of course you're on part of the problem and run your mouth. And, and you guys were, were actually. Occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> once in a while. But you guys were actually listening to uh, the Donald Trump, tape there. Donald Trump released a statement, essentially a video statement, talked about how he would not comply. Now I'm going to play part of that. And then also it's going to go into the CNN story, which I'm sure you've seen, All right. which is Fauci responding to CNN. Finally just calling out it doesn't
1: work. Doesn't mean you don't have to do it. That's not the way science is just because something's unproven and doesn't actually work. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it.
0: Well, this is, I mean, I'll, I'll play this whole audio. It's about three minutes of audio and we could pause it, but I do love at the end, you know, to spoiler, it's hilarious that they, the results of the findings are that it doesn't work. And he's like, well, it still works for individuals. Like what? Like, what, what, what standard are we talking about here? Where a, a study a study happens that is proven that it doesn't work for a population and yet somehow it's working individuals. But hold on, let me play this and then we could talk about it. I want, I want people to know what we're uh, what we're jiving about here. All right, here we
2: go. ...called BA-286 some three and a half years since the pandemic was first identified. But if public health officials feel it necessary to ask America to mask up again, how many would comply? According to Gallup, in the first two years, public confidence in the U.S. healthcare system has dropped from 44% to 34%. And Donald Trump... Now that's a white pill, by the way,
0: I have to say huge white pill that that confidence level has dropped. We'll just we'll just stop a couple times there here. I mean, what do you think about that? And these are do you think Americans are legitimately waking up to the amount of horseshit that's been perpetrated on us?
1: Uh those are two different questions. So to, to start with, I, I was not aware of this stat and that's very interesting to me that uh people were so thoroughly lied to. Um, I guess it, that stat kind of says a lot because you know, people Might not say that they've lost trust in institutions, but that stat where like, you know, you have to see a doctor, you have to get medical care, you're going to get honest information from people of, oh, I'll just take my doctor's word for something. Or I now realize I have to do my own research and uh, the doctors are beholden to institutions. They don't have my best interest. Like, in other words, people's health and doctor recommendations are important enough to them that I guess you'll get an honest response. Uh, so I would have thought, I don't know how many people are waking up, but that is a pretty interesting stat, especially that it's being told by CNN, which means right. that that's not even their force to reckon and acknowledge it.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that really is standing out to me in this whole story, and I'll, I'll keep playing it, but you'll see as this story goes along, even the fact that they're breaching the subject is is shocking for CNN, And I mean, I know they were trying to get back to being a quote unquote trusted news source, which I don't know if I believe it, but since they were parroting the whole, hey, there's a new wave of COVID coming out too. But anyway, so back to this.
2: Trump took to Truth Social to again make the issue political, accusing the latest outbreak to be hype designed to impact the 2024 election. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. I am concerned that people will not abide by recommendations. And and we're not talking about mandates or forcing anybody. But when you have a situation where the volume of cases in society gets to a reasonably high level particularly the vulnerable those who are
0: elderly and those with underlying <laughs> conditions are going to be more I gotta just pause it for a minute what the fuck face is Smirconish making yeah, during this interview it's creeping me out it's like he's trying it's like in a in, uh, scanners is he trying to explode fauci's head with his mind powers yeah it's pretty
1: uh it's pretty incredible i also love how fauci starts with uh we're not going to force anybody it's not about force it was never about force it's like <laughs> Someone trained him, hey, we really got to walk it back and pretend like we never forced anything upon anybody. And so now that's the that probably every time. Well, it's not about forcing anyone. We would never force anyone trying to revisit history and what he was a part of and try and pretend like that was never uh, part of the protocol. Uh, No, it's
0: the ultimate gaslighting, man. You see this, you know, Trudeau's trying to pull this bullshit in Canada. I mean, you see leftists pull this online, too. The, The amount of times I've seen big lefty accounts be argue legitimately say who was forced, you know, nobody, nobody lined you up in a prison. It's like, well, when you're talking about losing your job, when you're talking about not being able to access restaurants, not be able to fly, not be able to see loved ones, like clearly, you're coercing the living shit out of people to do this thing. We wouldn't
1: force so, you, but we do need to figure out ways to intimidate everybody to make sure that there's compliance, not force. No, I lit your sure. house on
0: fire, but I didn't yeah. make you leave the house. It's <laughs> your choice whether or not you want to burn in the house. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you.
1: We just we're going to need compliance if there's a recommendation.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go. Back into it. it is about let's see. Actually, I'm going to fast forward a little bit too. The two-minute mark here, if I can get this thing to fucking I fast. I feel like
1: he can actually peer into my apartment.
0: <laughs> Even through your your rate-proofing, Smirkotish finds a way. Yeah. All uh, right, here we go. So this is fast forwarding. Uh, they're talking about this study. They're citing a study that has come out uh, from Thomas Jefferson. Look at that. Thomas Jefferson coming through in the clutch all these years later
2: to shit on the COVID regime. God bless that founding father. For reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference. He told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole the data are less
0: strong. But when you talk about it as an individual basis pause. of someone protecting pause. themselves I, I just, or protecting I, I just, themselves from spreading so it to angry,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, so sl- it makes me so
1: the, uh, by the way, I haven't watched this video. I just saw that it was like put out. And so this is yeah. actually my first time watching it. And you should know that usually when I first watch, like I literally get like fucking shaking angry. with rage. Yeah. But, <laughs> It's, it's less, what did he say? It's less strong. No, he yeah. just you just saw a scientific study that said it doesn't work. Oh, the evidence is Zero less strong. strong. What a great yeah. way to present. It's like, uh, my, my directions weren't good. Someone fell off a cliff. You gave someone directions <laughs> that there was a road there and that they weren't the most accurate description of how to get from point A to B. Like,
0: well, it's like, why
1: saying that there was, it was absolutely necessary
0: Right, the absolutely. it
1: just isn't strong. And then yeah, what does that did mean? nothing. So then you're saying, all right. So on a national level, it doesn't work at all. But there's some, you know what that means. But there's some evidence on an individual level. That means if you are so overwhelmingly lucky that a mass works for you. You probably are just overwhelmingly lucky that you have good natural immunity. You might be so overwhelmingly lucky that I don't know, COVID gives you magical powers. Right. You're just describing some random schmuck who happens to be the uh like the the you know uh, I, on the statistical margins of the one like what he's saying is mass Ninety-nine point percent of the time don't work, but 1% of the time they do. So yeah. you might be that one person that it happens to work for. Right.
0: How do you have individual, I mean, I don't even know how you make the statement that it works <laughs> on an individual level. Cause like we were talking about what, on what anecdotal evidence is what are one, is there a one man study that's going around yeah, that no, these people are just, citing that we like, just don't you, know about?
1: I guess if you had a vaccine that killed uh, 99 out of a hundred people, but it worked for yeah. one person, he'd go, yeah, the vaccine doesn't work, but on an individual, <laughs>
0: individual level.
1: <laughs> on an individual level.
0: Hey, fentanyl, uh, you know, being addicted to fentanyl, we found on an individual level, can be very beneficial to certain people. Yeah, oh and it's God. fucking Everyone in the
1: world needs to watch this video and realize he's been pulling this shit since the beginning of this, and you were lied to, and there needs to be a trial. There oh, needs yeah. to be a trial for, and let him, let it turn out that he was clean and there weren't NIH payments and he wasn't colluding with big pharma and he didn't buy this from a lab. God bless. If we have an actual trial, an honest trial of uh Anthony Fauci and he turns out to be Scott Clean, egg on my face. Hey, I'll I'll admit <laughs> to it. I'll go, man, I really fell for conspiracy talk, and I guess I'm not that good at <laughs> determining a liar.
2: But I,
0: God, I'm, already, I'm, sorry, a I'm already envisioning like I'm already envisioning Fauci's lawyer if they can get back uh who was uh, who's the, the the lawyer for OJ that uh said if the glove doesn't fit you can't uh uh, Cochran 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 Cochran, Cochran. yeah I'd say it's like something like that he's like if the vaccine doesn't prick you cannot indict of course it would be indict but I had to make the rhyme yeah uh yeah I would love it I mean Rand Paul wants to he wants to put him on trial I don't think it's going to happen but but you know like seeing stuff on this seeing like CNN actually talk about it and call him out makes me think like okay are the are the wheels turning behind right. the scenes now with the establishment where they're like, all right, we got to we got to nail this fucker to the cross so that we can move on and put all the blame on him right. in order to move on with our other evil plans." It's
1: just a couple follow up questions. What do you mean that there's other like what other studies are you referencing? This one seems definitive. Why yeah. did you make the recommendations off of non definitive studies? Why did we aggressively enforce this off of? What aren't great studies? What does that mean on an individual basis? And then why would you even make the recommendation at all?
0: Right. Especially considering you're on tape numerous times yeah. throughout history, not just for this uh, you know, pandemic, but for previous ones, talking about how masks do nothing and how they were dangerous to actually wear in the beginning. And yet, why did you change your mind?
1: It'd be great if he just sat there and go, it turns out I had it right the first time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes you divorce an ex-wife and you find out that you're actually in love with her. That was me with uh, not wearing a mask. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what a dick.
0: I mean, so we'll see. I mean,
1: like how anyone could watch this and not go, I was duped. I'm an idiot. And then be outraged and go, that was two years of my life. I have a child that's vaccinated. What the fuck?
0: Yep. Well, dude, I was talking. So I was at this uh, anniversary party yesterday and a lot of very liberal people there. Obviously, I'm in L.A. And I was talking to this one gal who had lived in the U.K. She was an older, older white lady, older white liberal, you know, the evils of society. And she had lived in the U.K. as an actress. So, you know, you got all the components here for somebody that's very, very um, isolated in her views. But she was talking about how, masking was still a great thing. Legitimately arguing to you that all you have to do is put it on. You know, you can choose to wear it. You should be responsible. I'm just like, you know, I'm trying not to get in a fight at this like pool party, but right. she's making it so difficult. And then this segment is into a story I just saw today. Literally like right before we jumped on that I want to talk about, but just like leads also into like the evil of uh socialized medicine, because well, I want to share the story. About the
1: idea of, Oh, just wear a mask, just wear a mask. That's just way <laughs> So a couple things. One is, if you're wearing a shitty mask, I, I I'm just talking out of my ass here, but I'm guessing if every day for an entire year you wear a shitty plastic mask out of some factory in China, there's no way that is good for your health. No. I can't prove it to you. I haven't run a study about blue dye. They, they on just the did inside one side of a plastic mask that was made in a factory in China. I don't know, but just intuitively, I would assume with our understanding of safe and chemicals and the way that corporations tend not to care about our health and the corporate and like the chemicals that they will, uh, you know, that we're constantly uh, confronted with chemicals from a Chinese factory on a one penny, less than one penny item being up against your nose for an entire year on end. There's no way that's good for you. And if you're wearing the N95 masks from what I I remember only seeing one headline and the problem with what we do is that I read information all the time. And then you have some things that like I'm a hundred percent sure about. And then you get other ones where I'm like, I read that that makes sense, but you got to fact check me. So this is a, you got to fact check me one, but I seem to also remember reading at some point that the N95 masks are not healthy to be worn for long periods of time because you're breathing in your own carbon monoxide.
0: Well, there's that. Plus, here I'm going to share... The ...institute of health suggests N95 COVID mask may expose wearers to dangerous levels of toxic compounds linked to seizures and cancer. I know, exactly, to your point. Nobody should be, like, uh, in any way surprised by this. And then also,
1: like... I've come to learn this for myself and maybe this will uh, help other people with their own personal problems. Once again, don't take advice from a unmarried individual who broadcasts from gamer chairs, (laughs) but there are certain things that I wouldn't say as a dude, you don't want to say I'm afraid of something because that feels gay. You're a dude,
0: right? (laughs) There's a lot of things. I mean, unless it's unless it's being raped in a shower, then that's very straight.
1: There's a lot of things that I came to terms with. It's not that I'm afraid But it makes me enough uncomfortable that I will avoid it. So like one thing that makes me, I happen to be kind of claustrophobic. And I've learned that when I'm stuck in places that make me claustrophobic, more of my bad habits will come out because I'm trying to escape my discomfort. Now, it's not an overwhelming fear. It's not like I am incapable of being in small place. I can do it. It just makes me uncomfortable. And as a result of the discomfort, I'm more likely to drink or eat the cake on the table, like whatever the hell it is, because I am uncomfortable. I can relate to everyone that if you spend long periods of time being uncomfortable, I think the actual uh, term for it is ego depletion that like, you just kind of sap at your, uh, you can call it your personal goodwill or your just ability to be disciplined. Like we've all had that. If you spend enough time at a job, you're just not going to have the mental focus to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go, go, Start your own business or do your own task or whatever the sh- whatever the fuck else interests you. If you work a real like let's just say like you know eight to seven type job and you want to be a screenwriter, you got to do that shit before you show up to work. Yeah, because believe me, it's not happening at eight p.m. when you leave work.
0: On nope, the same note, exactly.
1: You can pretend like you don't mind wearing a mask. It's uncomfortable. Now you might be better at being uncomfortable. It takes a toll. I promise you for every single person collectively that spent an entire day just pretending like they were okay with it, I'm sure they consumed more calories when they left work to de-stress or they were drinking more. It just takes a toll. So just objectively, one, there's a chance you were exposing yourself to chemicals and for no reason, because if you're wearing one of those just open-ended part, there was literally no reason to wear it. N95 masks, if they were fitted properly, have some utility, but then you're also doing an evaluation. Is that worth breathing in more of your own CO2 or the article you just said that apparently there's chemicals there? And then let's just say that they are totally not hazardous to your health. You're uncomfortable all the time, and that's going to take a toll on you. And for no reason.
0: No, exactly right, man. I mean, I I remember wearing, I I rarely even wore the N95s because I couldn't stand them. I, I literally felt like I was suffocating yeah. When I would wear the mask, and that's just breathing normally, just sitting around. You're like, I'd wear one uh, once in a blue moon. I had to wear one because they, they, you know, somebody forced me to, I think, wear one to come in their house one time for half an hour. And I thought I was going to die. You know, it was like it was strenuous to breathe into it. And that has to take a toll without a doubt. It's your point. And I also think that, I mean, look how many people overdosed on drugs. Look how many people like, you, I mean, how many excess deaths that we're counting? From heart disease, as you're talking about, you know, from uh, stress related factors, from overeating, from diabetic, you know, uh, offshoots that then get you COVID, like all these things for sure are you know were compounded during COVID. And you look to places like Sweden, which of course didn't lock down, has some of the best results and the least excess deaths. Why? Because their population wasn't living in a constant state of authoritarian lockdown induced stress. Where and you're going to lead to all these complications coming from the stemming issue of of COVID policy. So yeah, Just it all adds
1: prosecute up. Prosecute
0: Fauci. Yep. Left. Every well, every fucking one of them. That's why though it makes sense that they're going to throw him on the you know on the fire here because it protects so many other people that would otherwise be culpable for everything that happened. You have to have some fall guy here, and Fauci's the natural one at this point. So.
1: Um. Yeah. He seems to be. You know. It's interesting because I guess while you're still dictating all the money, I guess you have the leverage still, but I don't know what his current position is. And he's,
0: he's teaching at Georgetown. That's his current position. No, he's that, out.
1: That's not the, that's not the only thing he's doing.
0: Uh, I mean, also- I, I don't know if he's, he's probably got some shady back deals going right. on, but
1: the other aspect of it is that um, at some point you have to have some loyalty to your soldiers just collectively to talk about the machine, like let's just address it as the machine. If the mm-hmm. machine always sacrifices like it's better parts after they're done using them, you know, you start realizing, Oh, I can't be a part of the machine.
0: I, I you know, it's almost reminds me of I, in one, in one aspect. Okay. But it also, and this might be a, a ridiculous way to describe it. It also reminds you though, of, for example, using PEDs in sports to get ahead. Or risking getting uh, your head bashed in playing in the NFL, but you made $35 million. That's still an appealing thing. If you're you're part of the machine and at some point you acknowledge I may be sacrificed, but by playing the game, my upside in this is millions and millions of dollars, multi-generational wealth. You still play the game, You're man.
1: Saying there's enough upside that other Fauci's will exist and go. He uh, was sure. just, he enjoyed the spotlight too much. And that's how he ended up in trouble. But if right. I can, if I avoid the spotlight, I don't push it too far. I can still make all this money. And that's a fair point.
0: And and he made, he was the highest paid. Don't forget. He was the highest paid yeah, government employee. That's just yeah, okay. exactly. That's without yeah. all the kickbacks from the NIH and for whatever patents he had. So I mean, there's the incentive is definitely there at that right. level, at least. I mean, I'm not saying you know <laughs> your 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 fat black lady working at the DMV is is uh, enticed to <laughs> to play the game, right. but uh, for Fauci level, for sure, man. Well, one thing. So let me segue into this this story I just saw because this like was sickening. Just talking about socialized healthcare, which is another topic I got into with this lady yesterday, but. There's a story that just came out of a British court. Of course, the Brits love their national health system, national health service, yet it is completely captured. You know, you don't have the options to get a lot of services. And in this instance, a woman known as ST has a degenerative life-threatening disease, a mitochondrial genetic disease. And basically, I guess they're saying it's like Charlie Gard, which I don't know is uh a kid that was removed off life pers- life support because okay. doctors insisted this kid was going to die, even though he was still alive. So this woman is older, has a degenerative disease and is cognizant. It's not like she's out of, you know, out of touch. It's not like she can't talk. She can speak. Her parents want her to live. She's on life support, but is cognizant is alive. And the doctors are denying her the ability to leave. They won't let her leave to go to Canada for treatment. They were, they are telling her, we're not going to keep on life support anymore over the objections of the parents and the patient. They are essentially just saying it's time to die. It's creepy. I mean, that when anybody argues for even the British version of like, oh, well, let's just socialize our health care. That's the kind of shit that just, it it puts so much terror into my soul. Because if you don't have the option, like I could get it if they say, we're not going to pay for it right as right. a as a nation it doesn't make sense but to deny somebody the ability to leave to get the, the to get this taken care of now you're talking about authoritarianism on a level that is simply evil and there's no way around it
1: yeah because they don't want the uh proof of the fact that the kid could have lived I guess once they made a decision that it like, they, it's the problem with socialism is that they can't afford to be wrong and so yeah. with, They kind of have to protect themselves. Uh, I'm of the opinion, and I'm not against the idea of uh, Jewish space lasers that Oprah purchased uh, to take out property in Maui so that in this new world order of 15-minute cities, Oprah shall reign supreme. I'm not against the concept. (laughs) It would seem to me. It's just good old government socialism of working with singular uh, electric companies and uh, pushing for them to make green investments instead of taking care of brush or other things. Uh, and, you know, saying, hey, we've got all of this under control. But then in the event of an emergency, having their emergency systems not working, mm-hmm. shutting off water that they still needed, firefighters thinking the job was done when it wasn't. It's blocking roads. What probably happened in Maui is just failures of socialism. And it also seems like they're uh, covering up for what might be a lot of missing or dead kids. And I think when there's a 100 dead kids, you actually get the outrage of the public of who killed those kids. And when who killed those kids is just bad government policy. They have to do everything they can to not let that story get out because they don't want people questioning this. Like, government's whole thing is it steps in and goes, I got this. Mm-hmm. I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it. I got this. And if everyone starts figuring out, oh, I don't think that guy has it, that's when they start demanding, hey, I want I want to be able to make some of my own decisions. Forget it. I don't want to hand you this money. Let me make my own decisions. And you don't very often get a... Uh, I guess, extreme storylines that really showcase the ineptitude that might wake people up of, oh, do I really trust this person who's saying that they got it? Because it's really important if you're telling me that you're maintaining the electric lines, or you're maintaining my health care, that you actually do have that situation under control. Uh, so it sounds to me like in the British example as well, if they've decided that a child can't be saved, they can't have the child then go over to Canada, and then maybe have a storyline of look, it only cost $500 in a non socialist medicine, or, you know, mm-hmm. this actually wasn't that expensive for us to crowdfund $20,000 from people who are more than happy to give that. And now my child's alive. Look at yeah. what you're responsible for. That's the kind of stuff that they just can't have. Um, and to speak to just how creepy it is, I understand if the government comes along. Like, I actually understand either, hey, you can't afford this procedure, you can't afford this service. If you want to go crowdfund it, we'll give it to you, but this is the price tag for it. Like, I I can understand that. I can even understand a government going, even though I wouldn't like this system, and this is kind of coming to terms with the way rationing works of, we can, like, the insurance policy can only pay out per person this under current taxes, The child is above this, or here's our risk to reward profile. Things that go into a 0.01% survival rate at this cost, we are not allowed to fund.
0: Right, which is is the way it would have to be, essentially, yeah, under socialized medicine.
1: To go, hey, things under this risk profile, we don't fund, but here's the cost if you can come up with it. I can accept that. But to then go, hey, you're not even allowed... To make your own like i understand if market forces you can't raise the money which is tragic or the government being like we can't pay for this but if you can come up with it but to go you're not allowed to try and make your own arrangements and save your own child yeah. that's just you know what i mean that's where like
0: it's a different it's level of cruelty evil. Yeah. yeah, it's a different level of what well, goes to show you that at the end of the day, your government says, as you said, we got this and we government cares about you and everybody thinks the, the government's altruistic. But I'm sorry, at the end of the day, you're a number, you're a you're a, a cog in the machine, you're a taxpayer, and that is all you will ever be to the government. The government does not give a shit about you as an individual and never will. And it's evidenced right here. And it's one of those things where this lady I was talking to yesterday the you know the, it's the same old argument. Well, you know you should be able. I was telling her the cancer survival rates in the United States are the highest of any nation. Why? Because we've got the technology, people can pay for it, and thus they live. And she goes, "Well, you shouldn't have to mortgage your house for it." Well, what good is a house if I'm fucking dead? So I'd rather mortgage the house. Now that doesn't mean that the price is accurate. It doesn't mean that we're, our system's not fucked up by cronyism and all everything else that goes into it, but. I'd rather have the option to live and for my child to live and the government should not be able to dictate that or or stop me from from exercising every possible option I have to keep myself and my family alive and under socialism it's just not possible.
1: Yeah. I learned from uh, I spent uh 2 years in uh Israel between high school and college and uh I was uh trying to outrun the pain of maintaining, uh, re- you know, actually
0: practicing Jewishness. <laughs> they were like, Robbie, you've got to stop showing up. You've got come all over your, what's that? What's the little belt they make you wear. And, uh, if you're, uh, like a real deep Jew, the Hasidic Jews, uh, I,
1: think, I think it's called a Gartel. Maybe I don't
0: know. Gartel. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, you've got come on your I, Gartel again. I was,
1: I was running a lot, like a lot. And I loved it. <laughs> like, cause there were like these vacant Hills, uh, by where we lived. And so, I, I was a dumbass. I wasn't doing anything else, but I got real into running and I was running an hour every day. And then like Tuesdays and Fridays, we had like longer breaks and I would do like these three hour runs. I loved it. It was amazing. At one point I got to a point where I, I guess I, I ended up with like ITB band syndrome, but I was all of 18 years old and I ran to a point that I couldn't, like I literally couldn't walk. It became an issue. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, I got to go see a doctor. It took me a month to see a doctor who basically said, take some, like take some Tylenol. And after a month, it took me a month to get an appointment socialized medicine out there. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going home in another month. By the way, I, I said, I can't to be a little bit more accurate. I got to a point. There was like two days where I literally couldn't walk. And then as an 18 year old, I would get up in horrible pain and like take a couple steps and kind of find myself, and then I also realized I couldn't like run type thing. So there was something I I, I found out there was something wrong. It was amazing when I went to a, got back to America and like one doctor just touched it. I was like, and it was the worst shooting pain. He's like, you have ITB band syndrome. You ran way too much, which basically <laughs> like it's uh you like. Uh, running only works out some muscles and if you're retarded and not stretching or anything, you end up with certain very strong muscles that are basically pulling on your knees. Squishing the
0: other ones. Okay.
1: Basically you get like one really strong muscle over here. And so it's pulling on your knee and nothing else is strong to pull on it to keep it balanced. Oh, to
0: equalize not, the pressure. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm
1: not a doctor. I don't know. But anyways, my one experience with socialized medicine was I will be in pain and wait a month till I'm home in America to see a doctor. And then even they, like that system was not perfect. But I just realized like, oh, I don't ever want to hear about socialism again because I experienced it once and it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if exactly. I, it,
1: I would just I I'd take an Advil and in pain. I don't even know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I had gotten I, I talked about this because you know, uh Crowd Health, one of our sponsors and right. talking about like the experience of dealing with doctors and that and insurance companies and everything else. I mean, I had diverticulitis, which is like this in- intestinal inflaming thing where like right. shit gets stuck in your guts. It's horrible. But it took me, I think, you know, from the time I was in terrible pain, uh, called my doctor same day appointment, you know, in next day MRI. I mean, the process was uh, efficient and speedy. It was pricey, you know, but, but I was in a lot of pain and they were like, all right, bam, 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 go, you're done taken care of. Here you go. Here's your scan. Here's what you do for it. I mean, in socialized care, you're not going to get that. I mean, you could go to the emergency room, I suppose, but then if they realize that it's not something where you're going to die immediately, you're fucked off back home. And then you have to wait to see a specialist, and wait to get the CAT scan and everything else. So it's just you know everything is going to be delayed because of the rationing of the system, and if they don't, you know, if you don't like it, you have no other options.
1: Right. My experience with American healthcare uh, is if you're in extreme pain like that, you kind of what, what from a sales perspective they got the urgency. You're stuck. What am I going to do? You know, at some no. point, if you're in horrible pain, someone tells you to do something. What am I going to do? No, I I luckily have not broken a limb as of like, I I haven't been in that situation. I probably do need to see a doctor because I don't think I've seen one in four years. Just in general. I'm sure sure (laughs) the general thing would probably be a good idea. Maybe I could explain my diarrhea and they could fix it. I don't know. My experience from uh, previous incidents with doctors, if things were hurting, was uh, that they were no one ever gave me a clear answer. I was spending more like progressively more money to deal with things and no one ever had an actual solution. Uh, mm. So I'm reluctant to see healthcare professionals at all because I find that for billing or whatever other purposes, is, there's always some tests that they want to recommend. And there's never a person giving me a clear answer or actually having a solution. So I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just bearish on doctors in general for my own personal experiences. Um, but. Luckily, I haven't had a like severe or also, I guess I'm not even trying to solve my current problems because.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I wonder if it's something where with this, you know, if we had gotten rid of, we can get rid of the cartelization of the medical industry and go back to kind of that one off system where you can just walk in to see a doctor and right. pay them. The doctor is incentivized to just solve your problem right there because it's not tied into this whole network of horseshit right. where the incentive is to continuously push you along to you know right. get the tests that are built into the system it's not you know instead it's like okay it's like going to your mechanic your doctor's like good thank you this right. is the fee i have fixed you <laughs> come back if it's not fixed and we'll you know try something different
1: i think the whole thing is just built to be a scam and it's uh, a relationship between the insurance companies and well uh, can i tell you what to me there's a couple things that i think would solve it but one of the biggest ones is uh, the way insurance uh, healthcare insurance is structured doesn't make sense to me because you should be buying into a policy when like, let's just say you, 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 you start getting healthcare at 24. You should be buying into a policy that you're buying into personally and locks in your insurability at set rates based off of your age. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you lapse in coverage, then you would have to go back to start. But the fact that, like I'm on my insurance policy, let's just say for a year. And then there's a chance of job overturn or having to get mm-hmm. a new policy. It incentivizes them not to actually heal you. Like you're because if it, like take Ozempic as a product, I know some insurance companies are using them and some aren't the ones that aren't. And by the way, I haven't done my homework on Ozempics. So I can't tell you if it's actually a good product, but it's uh, at the baseline, if you're morbidly it's... obese and you're not in, you're not losing weight because you've you've done the diet, the this, that, the other thing. You're not losing weight. So, um, if your insurance company would be incentivized to spend twelve year twelve thousand dollars a year for you to be uh, two, three hundred, a hundred pounds lighter, because you and I could look at the math of what is carrying an excess of a hundred pounds look like in ten or fifteen years from right. now, that's got to be extraordinarily more expensive. The only reason insurance company would not be willing to pay $12,000 now to prevent costs down the line is because they don't think that they're responsible for those costs down the line. Yeah. It's a broken system.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I think that's a really interesting point um, as well. And I think that's also to your point about how the you know there's no long-term incentive. The number of times I've lost my current healthcare plan, my insurance yeah. plan, it was like three consecutive years of them going, that plan no longer exists. You can't use it anymore. So you go, okay, right. what the fuck? So I've got to now opt and find a brand new plan to replace the plan because it got forced out by whatever fucking either market or by Obamacare or changes in the structure of the regulatory system. I don't know what it is, but to your point, you're continuously, whether you change jobs or not, having to re-up, reconfigure your health insurance. And there's always a million different variables and different plans and different doctors right. shuffling so in and out at all times. And
1: I be- I, like, listen, they do the math. So they probably know. Let's just assume twenty percent of people end up on their insurance plan year over year. If that's the case, then they would like to delay every possible procedure and figure out every single thing not to pay for, right. Within whatever parameters, because chances are someone else is paying, footing the bill on whatever down the line.
0: Yep, exactly, man. I was just thinking the same thing. Um, it's almost like you know, playing a game of hot potato. And I guess yeah. now, especially because they have like, to cover, they have to cover people like, that have you know, that these stupid, life-threatening. It, it, it. between
1: the between the four insurance companies that's even stupid too because it's like you're there's a hundred percent retention on insurance in general so if you guys are all cycling shit customers at higher costs because you're hoping that the other ones get the larger like the larger fat that doesn't work you know what i mean it's like you've literally created a uh it's a double perverse incentive structure. First, there's a perverse incentive structure that because of insurance, we're not paying out of pocket. So we don't actually see costs and everyone's demanding the best possible care at all times. And it's at inflated prices because we're not paying out of pocket. So that's Mm -hmm. problem number one. Problem number two is that between the insurance companies, they're driving up their own costs by not doing preventative medicine because they're passing customers back and forth amongst each other. It's just stupid.
0: Yeah, it's idiotic. I was just laughing because I'm just thinking, you know, at the end of the day, I, I almost wonder if there's like, you know, in trading places where you've got the the two brothers at the dollar bet to ruin Eddie Mur- uh, ruin Dan Eckwood's right. life. And I wonder if there's just a dollar bet between, you know, Aetna and Blue Cross of California on who ends up with the most uh, cancerous fatsoes at the end of the year. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's like fantasy right. football. Speaking of
1: cancerous <laughs> fatsoes, I got to take a quick piss. I'll be back All
0: one right. second. I'll There we go. Robbie's back from urinating. This has really been a a fantastic podcast full of different people going to the bathroom in different places, different ways. really, I think, a fresh new way of podcasting. So last thing, man, before uh, we wrap up the show here, I'm sure you've been entertained. You've probably seen this clip, but I'll play it here, of a uh, quote-unquote Nazi rally in Florida. I personally do believe that there is a legitimate uptick, by the way, in quote unquote white extremism. But I don't think it's anywhere near what Biden thinks it is. And I think that the causes for it are fairly obvious in that everybody is telling white people that they suck, that the world is, you know, that every problem in the world is their fault, uh, that the, you know, that the country was no longer founded on, on people trying to live their lives, but in fact on slavery and that everything has to be seen through the context of race and white people are now at the bottom of that pyramid. So, you know, you look at, you go, I wonder what could be leading to these white people. Getting upset and wanting to embrace white extremism. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Before I play this uh, this clip from this theoretical Nazi rally in Florida, uh,
1: I don't believe that there's an increase in anti semitism in any way that anyone should care about. Uh, the idea that there's a trackable uptick, perhaps. I don't think that there's ever been good numbers kept on exactly how many people in this country identify as anti-Semitic. Or- I
0: mean, they don't—they don't put that in the census, do they? Is that one of the no, questions where they go door to door?
1: Like the <laughs> idea that you can track Twitter and go, well, more of these are racially charged. So. I don't believe that there's any reliable metric to say that there's an increase and even if there is, let's say it doubled from 100 to 200 and there was a 100% increase, I'm not too concerned about it. It's yeah. almost like being overwhelmingly concerned with global warming. I can't tell you that the Earth's not warm. I can't tell you that. I don't have any fucking clue. But you know what I can tell you is that Putting the government in charge of finding a green energy solution is the surest way to get to death sooner. And so, on yep. the same note, engaging in censorship because we're concerned about a couple Nazis that the FBI has probably put into put together to film some footage outside of Disney. Like, yeah, good luck, good luck with the uh, with the censors. I'm way more concerned with that.
0: Yeah, amen, man. All right, so here's this clip, and uh, this is from just a day or two ago. But it is especially hilarious because it is a Nazi that uh, is endorsing a candidate. I
1: like uh, I like goes, the Nazi disco look. I like. I know, right? This one.
0: guy's yeah. really like he, he's letting it flow. He's got the it's buttons disco down.
1: Nazi disco stew.
0: <laughs> uh, it's awesome. He's gonna have John Travolta. I mean, John Travolta looks like a Nazi now, right? Isn't he bald?
1: Yeah. When did Nazis get into vests? That doesn't seem like a very Nazi thing.
0: I mean, maybe they just always been into vests, but. I
1: like the red coloring, though. The other Nazi who was real handsome and shredded, he had, like, the Ray-Bans on and, like, this red jacket. And I was like, that's a good look. I kind of like that look. And, you know, I'm looking at this guy. I used to wear a fair amount of red. I I like the red color, kind of. Oh, I guess the red and black. That's what it is. I didn't even put that together. It's the Nazi
0: colors. <laughs> hey, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to change their colors back to yeah, the creamsicle yeah, yeah, and white because they're like, fuck, man, we're just getting all these Nazis wearing our shit now.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> this red but and black is not going to work out. <laughs>
1: so I guess the Nazis are coming out as gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so here's here's a uh, Florida Nazi man.
2: There's a presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen? My vote is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. <laughs> in, uh, in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell, Ukraine. Hell,
0: is Hey, There There you go. Hail Ukraine. Hail Azov Battalion. So there you have it. From the mounds of Nazis acknowledging that Joe Biden is the candidate for Nazis to rally around in 2024.
1: That's funny. That goes the other way of what I would have envisioned for uh, (laughs) FBI propaganda, which is usually look, the white nationalists are rallying behind, uh, Donald Trump. So that's what makes
0: me think that this could be a legitimate one. That and there's a guy yeah. with, uh, just his entire head covered in tattoos that was wandering behind him. Do you see a fucking Gollum from Lord of the Rings walk behind them? Yeah, Real quick, uh, there.
1: That's interesting. Did you see the, uh, it was making the rounds down on Twitter and then I, I tried doing a duck duck ghost search. And I guess this, you know, has existed for a while. Uh, and they only matched one face so it's just not enough for me to
0: like jump on but yeah
1: that the as of battalion was involved in january 6th did you
0: see yeah that? i did i saw they had the, the same guy it's kind of a guy who has got a, like a hair lip or something right, right. like a, funk, a funky nose that's very distinctive right that's yeah i
1: gotta release the j6 tapes let the internet get after and start matching up faces
0: and stuff There is no reason. I mean, they're legitimately, if you're the government, there's no reason those tapes haven't been released. What was the other one that the government hasn't? They never the
1: craziest thing about it. Tucker aired one and got the guy out of prison. Yeah, of course, the government can't admit, oh, wow, Fox News was right about something. So they had to go. He was released for good behavior. We all know what happened. They Mm -hmm. did a good job of presenting him one way. They aired the footage and like, why are cops parading this person around? Why was he outside telling everyone to leave? Like, this guy shouldn't be in jail. And so he got out of jail. That means we're one for one of getting wrongfully accused people out of jail just based off of actually being able to see what happened on that day. The idea that we're not able to get more people out of jail off of the truth is criminal. I mean, that's like you're talking about government being creepy. We're literally one for one on being able to actually see more of the footage and a person that shouldn't be in jail getting out of jail. Yep. It's fine. Like,
0: you know, and, and there's no, I refuse to believe there's any, I don't even know what their rat ratific- or what their justification for this is for no, keeping these it, tapes I, private.
1: I, I think it's, uh, they, they won't, I, I think it's protecting assets.
0: But I mean, way- I, I don't know that they've totally acknowledged it, but it's got to be that. I mean, I guess I just, I, it, that's the only thing I could possibly think of because they're never going to tell us because otherwise we're talking about security cam footage. You're talking about shit that should be very easily available. Yeah. There's no, there's no there's no gonna be security cameras that show any government secrets going on there. You're talking about the right. hallways of right. of the building. So yeah, man, I think exactly to your point, they are they have to make an example of these people, right? We know that. And it's it's simply about making a statement, even beyond the quote unquote extremism angle, which they're clearly playing up here, that Trump has caused these people to come extreme and yada yada, and to justify the uh now banned temporarily at least social media and external contractor tracking and tracing of quote-unquote extremists and censoring their speech right but now it's just a simple matter of um a power play it's a public trial to to showcase that if you dare to step into or challenge government at its heart if you believe that that's the heart of our government anyway um that you will be punished and that there will not be a savior for you and if right. they and anybody like that one guy being saved is enough to rattle the very core of the government so yeah there's no way they're going to let that out because they know that it'll exonerate all those people and it'll expose us as a sham and uh and a power play to, to instill fear in the population I and mean, that's Hell, yeah. all right let's the, uh, straight-
1: I i think i cut you off when we were plugging some report store which is very not jewy of me Uh, oh yes well go go ahead ahead. you you can plug away everyone some reports for this friday and saturday or is it saturday sunday saturday sunday or
0: saturday sunday uh, Yes. saturday sunday
1: hanging out with brian mcwilliams we're doing two shows first show is going to be at your house and i believe it's hawthorne
0: hawthorne yes
1: Hawthorne, yep. Los Angeles, and you fucking Los Angeles people. I go to the middle of the country. People are driving three, four hours to show up to porch Store, because I only show up once a year and it's a party <laughs> in a <the> backyard. <laughs> Tickets are only 20 bucks. You show up, you get stand-up show, you get a live podcast, you get to hang out with other like-minded individuals, you get to hang out in a backyard, you don't have to deal with venues and have a beer. I don't want to hear, oh, it's not in my LA. It's not on my back. Just fucking get in your car, dude. It's it's Saturday night. You're not going to have that much traffic.
0: Friend of the show, Vanessa Chase, is driving three hours just to come see our podcast at my house. Hell yeah. These people
1: are a lunatic. I I don't hear any complaints in other parts of the world. You fucking L.A. pricks. Oh, it's it's 20 minutes? I can't drive 20 minutes. You spend your whole fucking lives in your car in L.A. Just come out. Like, your ass doing- is
0: going to be less sore driving in your car than Robbie's ass is right yeah. now from sitting in his exactly. shitty gamer chair in, for forty minutes. I'm
1: sitting, minutes. A, I'm sitting <laughs> on a plane for six hours. I don't need to be in your personal backyard coming out with porch-
0: diarrhea the entire time. By you, that is true. Port He's just incredible. clenching his asshole in in the air. So we're we're, uh, doing,
1: we're doing two shows this weekend. Uh, it's Saturday at your house. Uh, Stand up and live podcast. And then Sunday, uh, beautiful, like, farm-type property in uh, Lagawanja or something. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know, it's Lag- Lagunja. It's about an hour and a half south of uh, L.A., so I guess uh, if you're San Diego or those areas, a little bit easier to come out for, and that's going to be a stand-up show.
0: So come hang out. They will be bangers, people. Yeah, make sure to come out. I'll put the uh, the link in the show notes, guys, and hopefully we'll see many of you and uh get drunk get horny i've got the orgy pit lubed up that was part of the renovations maybe some nails sticking out i made it myself so if you get caught in a nail get your tetanus shots beforehand (laughs)
1: what i want to hear about an orgy.
0: (laughs) you're like oh is somebody fucking my ass or is that a nail that didn't get hammered (laughs) in (laughs) all right robbie well awesome man i will see you soon my friend another Uh, orgy
1: pit nail
0: All right. Tell everybody where to find you. In addition to, of course, porch, uh, porch uh, port,
1: the fire, porch run your mouth podcast, no longer available on YouTube. They can go fuck themselves. Give oh, me those motherfuckers materials from six months ago. I'm done. I'm done playing the YouTube game. They don't That's deserve awful. the fire content for the 300 people that were watching it. <laughs>
0: mm, God damn fuckers, man. I thought they did the same shit to us forever. They kept, they, it's always old stuff. To, it would tie it into whatever the government oh, was pushing at the time I that they, they wanted to censor. And they just, just take funny. shit out of the archives.
1: So I actually, I fought, uh, I fought the last strike and I won, which I was surprised by. I actually think that there is a uh, part of their algorithm on giving strikes is even that, like, they'll let you fight one out of every three. Like, I don't think that there's any manual rhyme or reason. My last strike, just technically speaking, was for... You know, in their little blurb, it's like you can't criticize any of the current recommend. It's like if this was from six months ago, that's not even the current recommendation. No one's recommending the vaccine from six months ago. So just technically you're wrong. And it was also funny because it was an episode where I had an actual doctor on. I got this new sponsor (laughs) on my show, Premier Pharma. Shout them out. They're very cool. And I had the doctor from Premier Pharma, who is a doctor, and he was defending vaccines against RFK. He came on the show to defend vaccines and somehow that segment was against COVID miss. I don't even know how that's, I don't now even that's know bizarre. I literally yeah. asked them. I literally wrote back guys, if there was any criticism of COVID uh, it would have been questions and it would have been against a no longer relevant vaccine. So I don't know how it could be against current recommendations. I was like, secondly, you got to check out this episode. It was with a licensed doctors defending vaccine usage what could be the objection after careful consideration, we have determined that this violates our policy. And we know that this is disappointing. And then I write back, can you tell me how it violated the policy? And then it just, they don't take him.
0: Yeah, they don't just, yeah, exactly. I, I've tried to fight it. We've never won in any, any of the strikes we got. We've never won a single one. They now have left us alone for the most part. And I'm sure that it'll crack back down. Like the censorship right. apparatus is kicking up again. Like the libertarian right. national party just had its uh, tw- Instagram suspended for really? liking or, or sharing another post from an account that got zapped and so wow. they shut them down for a day and then we appeal to it and they're like okay but it's just like the censorship apparatus is 100% ramping back up as we go back right. into COVID back in the election season because right. it always goes one way and one way only and they're clearly targeting uh libertarians conservatives so anyway Good talking to you, man. I will talk to you soon. So for me,
1: uh, excited to hang out in uh, Los Angeles. I like that bar by you. Um, Yeah. The greatest.
0: We'll go there after the show. We'll go uh, after a couple hours.
1: I think I got a package through spirit, which surprisingly, I mean, we'll see how terrible all my travels go, but I was surprised to see that uh, their package deals are pretty good. That if you attack on uh, cars or uh, hotels, the hotels are like considerably cheaper, so I believe I'm staying at the Hilton by the airport. Oh, I'm nice! Got it for like a hundred bucks a night, which was a steal. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to figure out maybe getting someone to pick me up and taking an Uber back so that I can drink while I'm uh, partaking in the porch and
0: porch. Of course, no, I don't
1: want to be. Uh, well, I can pick you up. Motor- <laughs> I don't want to be relegated to a motor vehicle.
0: No, of course. Oh, of course. No, I can kiss. I'll come pick you up. That's not a problem. Yeah. It's just the, I, the Ubering no, back.
1: Unless uh, for some reason, I'm hoping to have a party. A night sexy lady. Night. I don't think there's any reason. Oh, that could be true, too. But I'm just hoping to make like sometimes there's some porch tours where it's like I can't really like because they're just too stacked or whatever.
0: But I don't. There's no reason why I can't have a party night that night. Damn right. Let's do it, man. All right, awesome, buddy. I'll see you soon from me, from Robbie the Fire, from Lions of Liberty, from Electric Liberty Land. Keep those electric eyes on me, babe. And keep those, or keep that rig on. I fucked my own outro up to my head. <laughs> All right,
2: goodbye. Later, dude.